Anyway, let's focus a little bit on a story that you've been working on mm-hmm. today regarding a local uh, singer-songwriter. Tell me more. Absolutely. Her name is Kenzie Cates. Uh, she released a song, a music video, last month for a song called I Don't Need You, and it has a very interesting backstory. Last month, local singer-songwriter Kenzie Cates dropped the music video for the song we're listening to right now. It's called I Don't Need You. In it, we see Kenzie dressed in white with a Virgin Mary veil being worshipped by adoring acolytes, all men of a certain age in their finest Hare Krishna-inspired robes. The vibe is undeniably culty, and so is the backstory. Let's talk about I Don't Need You because, of course, like the lyrics and the video point to a certain experience of yours, yes? Yes. Well, I met this person in 2013 and we became like best friends when we were in university together kind of immediately. And she found out her dad was really sick. And so I think like anybody would in that situation, she was like trying to kind of like make sense of it and create meaning from it. She ended up meeting this guy an old man who there's a documentary about him and there was a screening and the documentary he sort of speak to some of what she was going through without like revealing who he is basically she ended up going to this like what he calls like a school that's on his farm in ontario and it ended up being a cult and she recruited me kind of being like hey this thing that i'm i don't think i mean she's she still doesn't know. She's still in it, and I don't think she knows that it's a cult wow. still. But she was like, hey, I did this thing. It was really cool, and it gave me, like, a language to speak about what I'm going through, and it would mean a lot to me if you would do it. And I was just kind of like, okay. She offered to pay for my, like, plane ticket. She offered to pay for the, like, quote-unquote tuition mm-hmm. for this school, and I was I didn't really know anything about the guy, but I was like, okay, like, if it's that important to you. And I've, I had read his – he had a book as well, and I read his book, and his book was, like, good. I felt moved by a lot of what was in it. And so I agreed to go. And then 2020 hindsight, now I realized the thing that she paid for me to go to was a behavior modification program. She didn't know that. I didn't know that. I don't like hold any resentment towards her because she Mm -hmm. thought she was doing me a solid and definitely not trying to like harm me in any way and actually thought she was doing the opposite. So then I was in a cult for a few years. And then how did you wind up getting out of this cult? Kind of, I started distancing myself a little bit on some level during the pandemic. It's honestly a really long and dramatic story. There's basically like, it's a doomsday cult. And my family's from Kamloops. And I was home that summer where like Lytton burned oh, yeah. to the ground very tragically. I was in Kamloops visiting and there was so much hot ash in the air from uh-huh. the fires that were burning. So it created a lightning storm, which created more fires. And I had to evacuate. It was very apocalyptic. Like I remember looking out the window and it finally started raining and like the roads were so hot that they were steaming so there was like steam everywhere and there were like fires all around us and it just I was like this looks like a cartoon of hell so I wrote the cult leader a letter being like the world is burning you're right feels like the world is ending and he like sent me an email he's allowed to use email but no one else is allowed to email him Ah. (laughs) they can only write him letters and he was like I I don't know if I can answer your questions but I might have an idea of what you can do we might have some work for you here on the farm so we like set up this call and I went into the conversation being like I know he's going to offer me a job and I know I'm going to say no but then literally within like two minutes of him having me on the phone I just like heard myself being like sure I'll move there like whatever you need and it was such a strange experience because I was like I know I don't want to do this but I like also feel like I don't have a choice 
And by that point, I had been subjected to so much thought reform that, like, the cult leader could and did get me to do anything he wanted Mm -hmm. me to do. And weirdly, I made this choice during the conversation to, like, have it in a place where I knew I would be overheard by a friend. Historically, that isn't a choice I would have made because I knew that everybody thought it was cult-like. And so I was very protective of the cult leader. And... I kind of like had this conversation, said yes, and then walked into the room where my friend was. And I could just tell immediately by the look on his face that he knew, thought it was a cult. And I was like, I know what you're going to say, but like, it's not. But I just decided, I think because of the pandemic, I was like a bit more open-minded than I'd been. And I was like willing to hear his perspective. And he basically was like, let's have a conversation about it with some of our other friends, aka like an intervention. But I was like, you know what? I'm just doing an experiment and just like believe you for a few days and see what happens. And I brought it up with my counselor and like relived all of the cult experiences that I'd ever had but from a more objective perspective where I was like watching it happen without trying to like rationalize it and it it felt like kind of unmasking the cult leader like seeing him it's like it wasn't like there was new information it was just like very vivid recollection without his presence to like influence how I interpreted it and that was sort of like the turning point for me where I was like oh I'm in a cult and then I cut off contact with everybody and There's a lot of like, I notice sort of victim blaming with regard to people who are like coming out and they're telling their story. And then I notice a lot of sentiment that's like, oh, well, I would simply never. And they're all so (laughs) dumb. And it's like, okay, no. What do you maybe have to say about people who are victim blamey about folks coming out of cults? I sort of just feel like it's a self-defense mechanism like people it's really scary to think that it could happen to you and I think that's sort of always what's happening with any degree of victim blaming because it sort of absolves ourselves of responsibility to survivors of abuse and it also it just makes us feel like we're fine and we don't have anything to worry about if we're like well those people were just particularly stupid or naive well thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me Kenzie thank you for having me it was great to chat with you